0: Back to Cinema Adventure. We're a movie podcast where every week we talk about a movie. Sometimes an old movie, sometimes a new movie. I'm your favorite host and the god of talking with kind of a funny sounding voice, Aiden Walker.
1: I'm Blake Peters, and your other host. And I'm just a normal guy, someone you can relate to, unlike Aiden. You're like a, a real god, Marvel hero. Sure, we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, am I saying what we're talking about? Or did you already say Yeah, no, I was no, on my I, phone. We, we alluded to it, <laughs> but we? we're
0: talking about Marvel's most recent film, Thor Ragnarok.
1: Mm, love Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika, Taika. Y-T-T. YTT. That's such a good name. Great name. I'm obsessed with it.
0: He's very good. Have you seen any of his other movies?
1: I've seen What We Do in the Shadows, and I've seen Hunt for the Wilder People, which I feel like are kind of his. Ma- I mean, he has a couple others, but those are kind of the ones everyone loves. Yeah, for a good reason.
0: I haven't so. seen Hunt for the Wilder People, but that's I want good. to. I've seen What We Do in the Shadows, and you know, man, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Mm, I don't that's recall. A, that's a reference. To I the watched movie. it
1: two years ago, and so I. Me don't, too. I that's don't the know. only part I remember. I'm so I glad to you watched it again. He was involved with Fight of the Concords. I don't. He only had directed like a handful, but I'm just gonna say like oh, I've seen a couple, so I also recognize his work from that. So there you go. Such a good comedic. Filmmaker. What have you been Mm -hmm. watching recently, just by the way? i have been watching, like, movie-wise?
0: Anything-wise, shows, TV, Um, movies? I
1: hate watching Riverdale, and it gets worse every episode, but I can't stop. You know, I actually Um,
0: recently tried to watch the first episode of that, and uh, got through about 15 minutes of the first episode before I said, I don't think I can do this.
1: It's hashtag trash. I'm not, (laughs) it does so many things badly, does so many things shallowly, but yet I can't stop. It looks great. And Machen Amick from Twin Peaks is in it, and I just really like seeing her in something. So maybe those are the reasons why I keep watching. I don't really know what it is. I just need something to fuel my fires, I guess. But yeah, I'm watching that. I'm watching, I mean, I just finished Stranger Things, which is great. Except for Last night. Oh, last night. How do you feel? How are you feeling after that? I feel good. I feel good. How could you not? It feels so good to finish the season of that show. Don't like episode seven. We won't speak about it. Did you but,
0: pick up on the really incredible parallels between episode seven of Stranger Things and The Empire Strikes Back?
1: No. Did you not pick <laughs> up on that? I thought I it was also hilarious. also don't know Star Wars things very oh, well. Oh, man, it so. was like
0: the most ridiculous version, like where Eleven is Luke Skywalker and she goes to visit the most goofy 1980s punk rock Yoda you could imagine, right? And she's like, move the bus. But instead of her being like, I'll move the bus, she's like, channel the dark side. It's yeah, crazy. Mad Stranger Things spoilers from us, by the way, oh, excuse this me. This isn't really
1: a spoiler. I don't feel like it's that big of a spoiler. We're not giving that much away. All I can say is the, the character Eleven deals with the most in that episode is very annoying. And I keep seeing all these random entertainment sites being like, oh, we interviewed her about possibly doing a spinoff i'm like if there's a spinoff i i'm just gonna cancel my netflix account i can't i can't deal with I it i will pull funding such a bad Thank episode you. they did like they included a really good song by the runaways that was good i like that song it's on my spotify playlist so i guess that's <laughs> maybe the one good thing that came out of it but other than that no i'm i appreciate them trying to expand Eleven's backstory but they did not do a good job So sorry. Uh, I think the
0: episode was not good, but I think I don't think it was as terrible as everybody says. You know, it's just like it It seems really bad. (laughs) I think it seems really bad because comparatively, every other episode of the season is very good.
1: That's probably true. Also, I'm just gonna pretend it's really, really bad. Okay. Because I think it is. Also, but should we
0: talk about Thor?
1: I guess. Do we have to? No, just kidding. (laughs) Of course, we can talk about Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Should I say the? Let's say the full title. Every single title. Thor colon.
0: Ragnarok, it's a weird. Marvel movie, <laughs> a Star Wars story.
1: Oh, wow. You have 2017. I'm surprised they didn't go with, like, the, the Thor 3. I'm Cola happy they, they the didn't Ragnar- go. I'm happy they didn't do I that. I always love the very complicated. I feel like the most complicated title was, like, was it was like the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 or something very long Holy like stuff. that. I mean, I guess, I mean, I is that, that
0: more complicated than Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2? <sighs> I feel like it's... The Awakening, the Revenge of Voldemort. I that's long, but I also feel like the Hunger Games title
1: had like a colon and a dash, which is just, that's a lot.
0: That is a lot. It's
1: truly a lot, so. But I'm glad Thor didn't do that. Good for them. But yeah, which one of us should, uh, you know, go over the plot? I feel like that's a good... You have seen
0: the movie more recently than me, so I'm gonna ask you to.
1: Yeah. So in this one, Thor, I'm just gonna put it very simplistically. Thor's long-lost sister, Hela, who is also the goddess of death, This is actually kind of a spoiler. So Thor's dad dies. It is okay. We are a discussion podcast. So Thor's father dies. And because he dies, this unleashes this hella character who is – am I getting this right? Who has been, like, locked away because of him being alive. I don't really get what it is. What's important is that Cate Blanchett appears out of nowhere and basically is just the shit for two hours. Um, Anyways, (laughs) yeah, so she comes, and she's so strong that she, like – there's one point where Thor throws a hammer at her and it just crumbles in her Thor hand. Thor throws his hammer. He throws Thor's hammer. That's true. But she's just like, Haha, whatever, and then it crumbles in her hand. That is a great moment so, too. It's so, so good. she just explodes
0: that hammer, and the look, the look on That's Chris amazing. Hemsworth's face is just it's so. so good. It's priceless.
1: They go, try to go back to Asgard, and like while they're in like their weird portal thing, trying to get back there, Loki, who's with Thor, tries to meddle. And ends up, Hela gets back to Asgard, but because Loki meddled, he and Thor end up being trapped on this sort of alien planet, I guess. They
0: they basically get blasted out of hyperspace and end up in the wrong place. (laughs)
1: This happens every day to normal citizens, of course. And yes, they get locked on this alien planet, which is basically just like...
0: It's a trash planet. It's
1: a trash planet, and it's pretty much... Well, God, I feel like this is so complicated explaining this. I, I, I can do it. I can do a little I can more. Do, let's just all simplistically say it. Thor and Loki are trapped on a planet while the goddess of death is destroying Asgard. So they have to get out of this planet in order to save Asgard in time. Is that good? That's great. Perfect. I while they're the on the this
0: garbage planet, <laughs> which is owned by <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh,
1: Jeff.
0: Um, in the middle of the garbage planet, there is an arena and Jeff Goldblum owns and runs and operates the arena. Turns out that after the Hulk left at the end of the last Avengers movie, he ended up on this garbage planet as a gladiator and he just fights all these different aliens and I don't know, maybe robots you don't really see, but you just know that he's like the champion of the arena. Thor gets trapped, he has to fight Hulk. It's a great scene. They all end up back on Asgard. And uh, the, there's a big fight scene, and the, the good guys win in the end.
1: What? That never happens in Marvel movies. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I feel like that was complicated. I feel like when it's I wrote very about com- it. You
0: know, when you start explaining it, it's like, yeah, it's wow, like this is incredibly convoluted.
1: Which is weird, because like when I watched it and wrote about it, it I felt like it was very simple. But guess not. It's not. <laughs> guess it's hard to verbally. Off to practice that. What did you think about Thor Ragnarok, Aiden?
0: I think it's one of the better Marvel films. I think it's definitely in the top three of the oh, Marvel films. Three? I think it's top Dang. three. You know, what did they had seventeen movies out? Is it seventeen or eighteen? Isn't that many? They wow. Have a lot of movies out. I think this is definitely one of the better ones. And you know, like all Marvel movies, this this film suffers from a lot of the same mistakes and drawbacks of every Marvel movie. This one definitely pushes the boundaries a little bit more. I think it's a step in the right direction. I hope more Marvel movies take a cue from this movie and embrace kind of this corny, fun aspect instead of trying to be too serious. I want to say that there's not very much to say, but at the very same time, there is a ton to say.
1: There's a lot to say. No, yeah, I totally like everything you said. I totally agree with. I think for me, when I watch superhero movies, I'm very shallow and I don't enjoy the drama. Like I think that's what it what's so annoying about like the DC movies is they're all very dramatic. And it's like this dude's flying and like beating up people. Like, does this really need to be this Shakespearean thing? Can it just be like fun? And I think this one does a good job of just being Good old-fashioned fun, I guess. There's not really... I mean, there is a lot at stake, but at the same time, like, there's really not. And I think the movie's aware of that, that it is just kind of a throwaway the movie does.
0: The movie's aware that it is a side quest. Because Marvel has built a cinematic universe with a main storyline, when all the characters come together, whenever they're apart, the adventure that they go on does feel kind of like it's not... Not important, but it does feel like you've met a shady character in an alley who said, go get me 10 bones and I'll trade you a potion or something like that. You know, it is kind of, I mean, that's a very kind of just like a video game kind of style. I would love that if that happened in that Marvel movie. (laughs) I mean, I could could see it. Um, I want to start our conversation about this movie. Not that we're already almost 11 minutes into the podcast, but (laughs) I want to start talking about the parallels between the story of Thor and in this film Ragnarok with the actual events of Ragnarok like it actually happened, but you know, (laughs) the Norse mythology.
1: Oh, I don't know anything about that, so take
0: it away. You ready? ready? I'm ready. I did kind of a deep dive. Actually, when I was uh, but a young child, as a uh, fourth and fifth grader, I was deep in that Norse mythology. I really liked it. It's interesting, just the whole, the events of Ragnarok in the movie versus how they actually play out are very different. And I have to say, the events that happen in the film are not nearly as hardcore and metal as they are in the actual myths. Oh, bummer. Bummer, yeah. But I mean, this is stuff that you couldn't, even if you did have amazing artists doing CGI, I don't know if you could pull it off and make it believable and good without going down like the horrible Clash of the Titans route, you know? (gasps) I mean, the new one.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, don't be rude to the poor special effects of the 80s. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. I mean the new
1: one. They were trying. Oh, yeah, totally.
0: So I just want to talk a little bit about Ragnarok. So <laughs> Ragnarok, translated from ancient Norse, it has, a, or ancient Nordic, rather, or old Norse, has a couple of different translations. It's been translated a number of ways as fate of the gods or mm. twilight of the gods which Ooh. i personally think is way cooler twilight way cooler. of the gods sounds really awesome <laughs> so basically what happens is it's it's the end of the world right so a bunch of different races and giants from different planes on uh, ships and in multitude of different ways make their way to asgard for like this ultimate final showdown with the gods all the gods that you really like every, everybody dies it's just everybody dies Oh, so sounds fun. Very fun. So instead <laughs> of it being like Ragnarok happens and Asgard's destroyed, but the gods get away at the end like it is in the movie, and also, you know, there's Odin, right? Odin doesn't die like he does in the movie before Ragnarok, he's present for it. Oh. So, being mythology, it's a little weirder, of course. Loki has three children in the mythology who he had with a giantist, giantess, giantess as we all do as we all one do one of them is this giant serpent that encircles the entire world and bites its own tail wait one of his children one his
1: of his serpent? children is
0: a giant serpent oh well you um, know. what is the snake's name it has a really really badass uh, name
1: draco malfoy draco malfoy
0: no no i i gotta find it give me a second
1: damn you're really thrilling, all the fans of Norse mythology yeah, yeah. right um, now. Yeah, the, uh,
0: the serpent is called Jormung, uh, Jormung, Jormungandr.
1: It rolls right off the tongue. Rolls
0: right off the tongue. <laughs> one of Loki's children does appear in the film, and that's Fenrir, the wolf, the giant wolf that they fight. Oh, that's his kid? It's one of his kids. My I don't friend. know if it is in the Marvel Universe, but it is in the mythology. <laughs> and uh, his third child is actually Hela, Kate why Blanchett's why? character, in the huh? mythology. She wow. is... Their sister in the Marvel story, but he, she's one of she's one of Loki's wow. children in the in the mythology. Plot twist. Plot twist. So basically, the the fate of these characters is much different than mythology, and it's it's pretty hardcore. Odin is swallowed whole by Fenrir the wolf and dies oh. in that way. Thor battles a giant the giant serpent. He battles Jormungandr. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he battles a giant serpent, and there's a couple of different tellings of it. One of them has it where he fights the serpent, and he kills it, and it's like this really grueling, intense battle, and he takes nine steps and then dies from his wounds. Kind of like the end of Kill Bill after the, oh. the five-point exploding heart technique. Oh, right? I love that. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It takes nine steps and dies. Uh, which is the more hardcore version. The other version is he's fighting something and then the big serpent comes up behind him and just breathes some poison on him and he just chokes to death and dies. Cool. So that's pretty weak. Sad for Thor. And then Loki. Loki is like chained up before Ragnarok happens, but when it begins, he escapes and he fights on the side against the gods and he ends up battling Heimdall, who is Idris Elba's character in the oh. in the Thor movie. And they kill each other like simultaneously and they both die. Wow. Anyway, at the end of Ragnarok, pretty much everything is wiped out. And the only thing left are two humans, a man and a woman. And then after that, there's kind of this Adam and Eve style story that occurs. Wow. So that's pretty that's hardcore. Lot. Totally different than the film. But oh, wow. yeah, no, yeah. it's it's pretty cool. And, th- you know, some of it's kind of faithful. The, the big character, the big flaming guy who shows up at the end of the movie and like, Stabs Hella with the big sword. That character is an actual guy um, in North, Norse mythology. And
1: yeah, there's some cool stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I know nothing about anything. So yeah, I'm such a, I think, just an ignorant viewer of any Marvel movies. Like I know a lot of them have been like based on comics and stuff and all that. But I, I don't know anything. And I think too, as the years have gone on, I get like progressively less interested. I think I was very big on Marvel, like early 2010s. But like I think by, I don't know. Around the time, like, the second Avengers movie came out, I'm like, these are all the same. Yeah, it's usually, it is a more playful version, or it is, like, a self-serious one where they're like, let's find out what makes these characters tick, and, like, I don't know. There's just, like, there's also just not a lot of ways to subvert the superhero genre in general, so this one does a good job, obviously. And, like, Deadpool does a good job subverting, too, but, Say what you
0: will about Deadpool.
1: Love or hate it? I love it. You love it? I think it's great. Oh, I love it better than this, I think. Wow. Yeah, whoops, sorry. <laughs>
0: I, I I don't know. I I enjoyed seeing Deadpool in the theater. It's not a movie I think I want to ever see again.
1: Oh, really? I'd I think see
0: it again. I I guess part of my dislike of it is just kind of the general excitement around that character and his the way he's received by people on the internet, the, I don't know. I don't love the people who love <laughs> Deadpool. I guess. Sorry, Blake.
1: Wow. I mean, um, I'm mean, i not obsessed with him or anything, but like,
0: yeah. I mean, other... I'll go see the second one in the theater.
1: Totally. For sure. Definitely. But, yeah. How do you feel about Marvel movies? Are you the same, or you're a little tired of them? Totally. As I am? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think there's actually a pretty good metaphor in this film. Whether they were conscious of it or not, about going forward, Thor gets a haircut in this movie. Love it's time it. for Marvel to get a haircut.
1: It's true. You
0: know, they need to change it up like what this movie does. So, yeah, Mar- Marvel falls in the same traps again and again. You know, we're on movie 17, 18 now, and I don't feel particularly attached to many of the characters. No. I think that there are ways to develop the characters without it being Shakespearean or like the DC comics, like you mentioned. Yeah. They start to get there in this film with Thor. Because he he has a great conversation with Odin where he's like, I don't have my hammer, I can't fight. And Odin's like, I don't remember you saying that you were the god of hammers, right? He's oh, Thor, damn. he's the That's god deep. of thunder. yeah And then instead of it being really development of character, it ends up just kind of being development of powers. Because yeah. by the end of the movie, he's still Thor. He's just missing an eye. He's still just like the big muscular dude. Can punch stuff real good,
1: yeah, and I think like ultimately, like that's what I care about. I'm way more interested in seeing Thor or really any of the Avengers just going on an adventure. I don't really feel I know some people kind of prefer seeing like a development or a backstory, whatever, but I don't, I mean, I'm fine just seeing them kick ass for two hours right I, fine, I do
0: I, I think he goes on a really good adventure in this film but i think the people he goes on the adventure with aren't developed very well and i think if he had more of a relationship with these people it would be more interesting yeah like if we had seen more of a soft side to hulk a little just even just like for a minute just one scene it would have it would have improved the film for me i think Yeah. because remember there's valkyrie who's played by tessa thompson who is an Asgardian and she was a Valkyrie, but that's her name. She's just Valkyrie. Like you never know what her name is. Um, I'll go with that. (laughs) That's just it. She's just Valkyrie. And they have some interesting interactions where it's just like, I'm stronger than you, no, I'm stronger than you. And that's kind of all it is. There's nothing really deeper there. And there's not, even the connection with Hulk and Thor, like they go on this adventure together and they don't really connect. And Thor doesn't really show any Empathy for Hulk's situation, other than like, yeah, you can punch stuff real good. I want you to come with me. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of it.
1: No, that's true. I didn't think about that as much because yeah, I I don't know. I like don't expect like these really deep relationships, but I, I do think it is true that it's important to have that. Like I think even with like the first Avengers, like what made it so good was the development of these relationships and this really funny rapport. And I think this movie doesn't develop those as well, even though I do like the like the new editions. Like I love Tessa Thompson, I love Kate Blanchett so much yeah but definitely they're not as well developed as they could be but I don't know yeah I think I enjoyed this just on such a simple level because everyone's been saying it's pretty much a comedy as compared to a lot of the more recent Marvel movies so I came into it just kind of expecting a comedy and that's what I got so I'm pretty okay with it the comedy works
0: because it does embrace the corniness just the inherent corniness of this character like Thor is just kind of a goofy character yeah and they play off of it well, right? There's instead of the soundtrack being like most Marvel movies, where it's just kind of this bland score that is not memorable, you have some more synth stuff in there that adds yeah. to that really. V- it's very vibrant color palette. It's always very colorful. This I think this movie feels the most like a comic book. of oh, any no, of the movies.
1: Yeah, I like it too because. A lot of the things about Marvel movies, like I think, like the big Marvel directors are obviously like James Gunn, who does the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and then Joss Whedon, who kind of does a little bit of everything. Although Joss Whedon's gross, like we won't talk about him. But um, he just did
0: those two Avengers movies, though. I don't think he did any of the other. Yeah, Marvel movies. I
1: think he's like been like written a couple other ones, maybe? I don't know what I'm saying. But, like, those are, like, the main... Like, when people think of the styles, they kind of tend to gravitate toward the styles that they both developed. Kind of this, like, combination of humor and adventure whatever. But I feel like both are... They're pretty accessible in the way they do their comedy. It's not super, like, groundbreaking or anything. It's just very easy to like. So I like how this one embraces Taika Waititi's comedy style because it is so distinct compared to Joss Whedon. It
0: really is. Joss Whedon's just, like,
1: snappy, whereas, like, Taika Waititi... He really, like, he really embraces, you know, awkward silences, deadpan. maybe saying ridiculous things in a deadpan voice. Just these very weird, almost, it reminds me of, like, Christopher Guest kind of comedy just a lot with the uh, super deadpan, yeah. And the movie incorporates so much of that into it, and so it it does also just stay in line with his other movies the way they are comedically, which I like because it... Even though it is a Marvel movie, it still feels like a YTT movie.
0: And YTT makes an appearance in the film, too. Oh, so good. Uh, He plays a character named Korg, who is just this... He's basically just an animate pile of rocks. Yeah. And he has a friend whose name I don't remember, who's just like this gross bug. And they're they're at the arena when Thor ends up there. And he just has this New Zealand accent. And he's just a pile of rocks. And he's just like, yeah, friend, I'm a pile of rocks. Nice to meet you. Yeah, we're trying to get a revolution to happen, friend. And he's just like... (laughs) It's very wholesome comedy, yeah. you know? It doesn't try to be, like, gross out. It doesn't try to be over-the-top or particularly one-linery. It's just...
1: Yeah, it's just kind of odd. It's really and, honest. And it's so idiosyncratic, you know, to YTD style. Yeah, he, like, the rock character almost reminds me of is what's the guy's name in Fantastic Four who's rocks? Is it like... Of The Thing. It is The Thing? Okay, I was like, not positive. But yeah, (laughs) like, imagine that, and then imagine him being like, hello, guys, it's me. Like, it's (laughs) that. It's such a weird combo, but you know, like, true to YTD style, like, it's not really like a dress necessarily. It's just like something that's there and kind of just funny that you can giggle at. Yeah. Which is kind of throughout the movie, just these weird little quirks that are so his style that are just thrown in.
0: I think I would, if I were to compare the styles and the visuals and the feel of this movie to other superhero movies, I'd call this the anti-Chris Nolan Batman
1: movie. Oh, totally. This is like
0: the exact opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it works really well. I think this honestly satirizes the superhero genre in a way that is not as obvious as Deadpool. Yeah. And I enjoy it more because it, it is more subtle. Yeah. With that, But I mean, I guess it's not very subtle. But it, yeah. the comedy, I, I guess the comedy speaks to me more than Deadpool does. Yeah,
1: and it is so interesting too because I remember when they announced that YTD was directing, I was very, like I really like him, but I was like, I don't, for a superhero movie, I'm not sure how that's gonna work for him because I feel like when you see his stuff, it's very minimal for the most part. It's usually just like the writing that shines through. You don't really care so much about the visual kinds of things or the. He's not like a big filmmaker that a lot of the uh, Marvel directors are. So I think that this was an interesting choice and it ultimately works really well because I think of all the kind of side Marvel franchises, Thor was always the least interesting. So to have this really interesting director come oh, in and yeah. change it up, that was super smart.
0: Those first two Thor movies are just boring. I this, don't like this, them, but they're not really? amazing.
1: I, I like the first one's fine. I liked the second one, but I also think I really just thought like the Cat Dennings character in it was really funny, and I feel like it's in it a lot. So I was just like, oh, this is fun. But I think it was only really just because I would laugh when she would show up. But gotcha. yeah, they're both just yeah, they're not. There's not a lot to them really. And they're, I don't really remember them. Yeah, I don't remember them. What they're really even about at all. Like I can't, I yeah. can't even think. about, don't, don't know a villain is involved. Who can say? yeah say. and it's yeah so it's funny how the third movie in this very uninteresting franchise suddenly becomes one of the better Marvel movies
0: it's a redemption you know Seriously? did you did you ever see the most recent X-Men movies uh, X-Men Apocalypse did no, you see that? I heard
1: it was trash though
0: yeah it was not great there's <laughs> one it's funny it has this one very self-aware moment where Sophie Turner's character Jean Grey the movie takes place in 1983 and the teenagers from the X-Men school rebel for a day and they go out and they see Return of the Jedi in the theater oh. and uh, as they're leaving Sophie Turner she might as well have looked at the camera and said this but she says uh the third one's always the worst <laughs> and it was like what amazing <laughs> I was like I'm already watching this movie that's been pretty far <laughs> below the last one yeah Days of Future Past was good but we don't have to yeah. talk
1: about those movies because they're not really
0: normal. yeah yeah was, uh, I don't really know connected. either
1: I'm a casual X-Men fan oh yeah like I've seen them all but I'm very just like oh they're fine whatever yeah I do like X2 a lot, but oh, X2 once again, is fun. We won't get into it. Yeah, that, like, very good. Recommended. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think what I like about this movie is that I've already said that it embraces the courtiness of the Thor character, and I think Thor is an, is a unique character when it comes to Marvel because he really walks that that edge of the kind of superhero that you typically see in a Marvel movie right? If you think about DC versus Marvel, right? Marvel movies are about regular people trying to be superheroes like Spider-Man or Peter Quill from Guardians of the Galaxy. They're just like normal dudes or women. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to save the world today. I'll try my best. (laughs) But then there's DC where you have people who are abnormal. You have Batman who is like incredibly rich. He's not really a normal person. So he has the, the means to become this incredibly powerful superhero. You have Superman who is born Superman and then these are people who are superheroes who then try to be normal people. And I like Thor because he's neither, he's just a god and he's like, yeah, I got superpowers And uh, I don't really care about trying to be a normal person. There's a scene where he's on Earth with Loki for a second in this movie. And the women approach him and they're like, can we get a selfie with you? And he's like, oh, yes, of course. It's like, yeah, pose for a selfie with the God of Thunder. He's like very aware of that. And he doesn't try to be a normal person. And he also doesn't really try to be a superhero. He's just like, I'm Thor and I'm good with that.
1: Yeah, that's what I like too about the new Wonder Woman movie is they have these incredibly powerful characters who kind of the gas is taken out of them. And just there's so much fun poked in both of them. And I think... A lot of superhero movies can take note of this. You know, not taking yourself too seriously ultimately flies a lot more. That was like my biggest issue too with the new Guardians movie. Like I feel like the first half hour is super, super funny, and then it tries to turn into this super dramatic family drama and that's never appealing. So I think if the movies keep following the same Ragnarok and What a Woman mold, that, that's gonna be what gives you the staying power. Because ultimately the staying power is what's gonna make you is people laughing and wanting to return to those jokes that people don't really care about at least I don't care about all the dramatic stuff that's going on I would rather just keep having fun adventures you know yeah how it is
0: <laughs> yeah man well Blake would you please share with me <laughs> some fun facts
1: um sure Fun fact: I actually didn't realize this until coming right here, and actually, a new column I wrote for the Daily, I had to change the fact really quick because I said in the column that like the movie's written and directed by Taika Waititi, but he actually just directed it. It's the first movie he's done that he did not write. But it is. He wasn't even
0: involved in the comedic parts.
1: Well, this is where it comes in, though. Oh, a fun fact. He, here's the fun fact, get ready. Even though it was written by, I think, three screenwriters, 80% of the dialogue was actually improvised. They set a couple scenes that were very written, but, like, TD really wanted there to be, like, a very loose and collaborative mood among the cast, and so he figured that the best way to achieve that is through improvising.
0: That's kind of hard to believe, considering how corporatized this movie, like, these Marvel movies are, right? They have yeah. to achieve this goal of creating a unified story, and there's so much money behind these movies. yeah. So that's pretty impressive if 80% very of the impressive. dialogue lib, Way to go, do. Let me think about it.
1: I mean, there are like a couple scenes that do feel very scripted, but there is just a lot of loose comedic kinds of things. And even, too, I think he just had, he had a lot of faith in the beginning anyway because he wanted to showcase. He had known, he'd witnessed Chris Hemsworth be like a good comedic actor in the past, and he really wanted to showcase that. And so, you know, achieving that through this. And I think Hemsworth, yeah, definitely great comedic actor that I think Pretty underrated for the most part. I thought he was great in Ghostbusters, personally. So I'd love to see more of him, more comedic parts done by Hemsworth. Kate Blanchett. The biggest reason she accepted the role was because her kids all really like Marvel, and her eldest son like actually told her like this would be a career boost for you if you took on this role, and so that's kind of the main reason she did it. And also just best character in the movie, so good idea for Kate.
0: I thought it was funny how her superpower... I mean, I know she was a god and she could do all kinds of different things. They didn't really showcase a lot of her powers. Her <laughs> main power seemed to be that she could make really big, sharp spikes come out of the ground. And you know what?
1: Props to her. And throw, kni- and throw
0: knives real good. <laughs> That's
1: lit. Good for Kate. Yeah, she She's kills it in this it. movie. She is killing it. What else? So the main reason there's even like a scene with Doctor Strange was less about trying to like connect the movies but more because like YTT like I guess the sets for Doctor Strange were about to be destroyed and he was like wait a minute let's film something in them really quick before we can't use them anymore The scene
0: with Benedict Cumberbatch and Chris Hemsworth is pretty excellent.
1: It's so funny. It's really good. Yeah. So like that was an interesting move. really only done for the comedy. I don't feel like it it's kind of gratuitous in a way, but it is so funny that it's excusable for the most part. I mean,
0: and it works these these movies have taken this big risk starting with the first Iron Man movie to say, "Hey, we're going to make movies" And it's going to be kind of like watching a really, really big, long TV show. Yeah. It's going to be connected. And if you aren't ready for that, it's probably not for you.
1: Yeah. No, I do appreciate how the Marvel stuff has gotten, as the years have gone on, just more and more connected. Like, at first, they tried to keep things pretty separate for the most part. But as they've gone on, I feel like it's hard to even say, like, this is an Avengers movie. This is a Thor movie. because kind Right, of like Captain America up.
0: Civil War is totally an Avengers movie.
1: Yeah, and they just won't say it. I don't know why they didn't just come <laughs> out and say this is an Avengers movie. Because then everyone would calm down and, you know, stop waiting for one. But whatever. TD, his biggest influence in making this movie was Big Trouble in Little China, which is like a John Carpenter pulp adventure from the 80s. You can definitely see that because that movie...
0: I didn't think about that at all. That makes a lot, it makes of, a sense. lot of sense. Because
1: that movie is very, very neon and has a lot of this cheesy humor. Interesting choice. I think it works well. You we should also be honored to be hearing Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin at all because Led Zeppelin in general is super picky about very stingy. Um, they're so stingy. So the fact that we hear it twice too is like a huge deal. I think they've only granted it to who was it? It was like a documentary filmmaker. Oh, Cameron Crowe. They've only granted it to like him because he's like so much in the industry. They've music done it industry. for three other movies. Oh, well, look uh, at me. I don't being remember wrong.
0: what <laughs> all of them are. Cameron Crow is one of them. The other one is School of Rock because Jack Black like begged them for it. <laughs> in front of a live audience
1: perfect but well, you know, there you it's go.
0: crazy that they got this song and this is this was one of my favorite bits of the movie too just like at the beginning it sets the tone so well he fights the big lava monster and it starts playing i was gonna sing it but then i realized i don't want led zeppelin to murder us so i yeah. won't sing it
1: please don't sing it. i mean that would be great that would get us some attention people would start <laughs> listening to us more i mean that song is so such a classic song you hear it all the time and so In most cases, it would be kind of annoying. Like, I feel like if I heard it in, like, Suicide Squad, I'd get very irritated. But here, it works very well. It's almost like you've never heard it before, so... Tessa Thompson based her performance on Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. Definitely can see that the way she performs is kind of a similarly super stoic, but also very badass lady. Kind of mysterious. You just love her in general. And then Charlize Theron before... Kate Blanchett, except that the role was considered for a pretty long time for Hella, which would have been great, because I've also Charlize Theron's just on, like, a role lately with these action movies, so I, I would have loved to see her, but I also love Kate Blanchett, so it's fine. I'll handle <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, those are my fun facts. I don't know how good they were.
0: They're great. I gotta say, the one thing that I really do like about them being able to use the immigrant song is again it embraces the corniness mm-hmm. with with Thor and it, it does get you hyped up and you remember like yeah I'm just watching I'm just watching a really awesome comic book movie right now <laughs> this movie and the last Marvel movie Spider-Man Homecoming does oh, yeah. a similar thing because they re- they return to the cheesy 60s roots in the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming they play the original Spider-Man Spider-Man they play that but it's mm-hmm. like this intense orchestrated version and it's just awesome
1: oh yeah I keep forgetting about the Spider-Man too because I feel like I mean I didn't love it necessarily but it is it does follow the example of like you don't have to be that serious of a movie to just be entertaining also superhero movies really just shouldn't be dramatic I'm sorry that's just how it is but yeah this movie is super funny I also think it uses the performers super well like I think Tessa Thompson is a really great addition I really like the Valkyrie character in general. But, like, yeah, I can't blame Chet has never really been in a... I mean, she's been in, like, Lord of the Rings, but isn't... Oh, and I guess she was in Indiana Jones. Wow, I'm just kind of, like, remembering all these franchises she's part of. Anyway, she's never played this sort of huge character like this. She played, like, the villain in Cinderella, but that's maybe the closest. So to give her this this opportunity to play this very exaggerated, melodramatic character is really exciting. Because she does give... Such intricate performances usually, so to see her just letting loose and having a fun time, it feels almost drag-influenced to me as well. It's just like a super, super fun, almost like James Bond villain that you don't see a lot of in these movies. The villains are so serious for the most part, and she's just a hoot. And then Jeff Goldblum, like, I feel like he's just playing himself, basically. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is as so one. good in this movie. He's so good. I mean, he's, like, supposedly a villain, but he's just, like, doing the Jeff Goldblum routine. But that's, like, just another thing that shows you just how much this is a YTD movie. Fits in with his totally. weird comedy very well.
0: Can I sneak in two more fun facts? Sure. That I just remember. Yeah, I don't have a lot, so. Um, <laughs> so, as everybody knows... No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. These <laughs> I'm sneaking these two in for, like, the, the nerdiest nerds who are listening. And... There's a continuity error that they fix in this movie. Uh In one of the, as everybody knows, (laughs) of (laughs) course, uh, they're building up to Infinity War for the next Avengers movie where they're going to be faced with Thanos who has this gauntlet called Infinity Gauntlet that all of the Infinity Stones go into and grants him all kinds of super-duper awesome, amazing powers, apparently. In one of the early... Thor movies, there's a shot in Asgard where the infinity gauntlet is in that kind of museum-esque collection that Odin has. Super duper Marvel fans were like, wait, how could that be there? How did it get there? That doesn't make sense. If Thanos has it, it doesn't, what's going on? In this movie, there's a great shot where Kate Blanchett as Hela is walking through that museum and there's a shot of her and she just smacks the infinity gauntlet oh, yeah. onto the floor and just yells, fake! <laughs> and it's just great. It's just, it's, it's not the real one, I guess. So a comedic way to solve a problem. <laughs> The other thing is that there's a character in this movie named Scourge who's played by Carl Urban. He wields dual M16s and runs around and blasts stuff even though he's a god. And he sacrifices himself at the end of the movie for the greater good after being kind of a bad guy. But I just want to mention that Carl Urban has been in just about every nerdy franchise imaginable. He was in Star Trek. He was in Lord of the Rings he's in this. So he's been in every universe. He was actually offered a role by J.J. Abrams for Star Wars The Force Awakens, but he turned it down because he didn't want to cross the line because he himself is such like a nerd about that kind of stuff. He was like, I'm already in the Star Trek universe. It would be offensive if I was in the Star Wars right. universe. are just
1: create controversy to get more attention. That's <laughs> how it should be. <laughs> so
0: anyway, those are my two facts.
1: Those are good facts, probably better than mine. No,
0: I loved your facts, Blake. Don't downplay it, man.
1: Oh, I mean, this isn't a fact, but I should also just mention to everyone that there is a Matt Damon cameo in this movie. I'm not going to what he does. Wait, did you not notice? No. That was like my favorite thing in the movie. It was. <laughs> the did I part... blink and miss it? No, it's it's a lengthy cameo. What? It's great. No, please tell me. Please um, tell me. It's when they're they're doing like the theater in Asgard. He's the guy who plays Loki, the actor who plays Loki. Did you not notice? Because, like, the second I saw, like, everyone in the theater started, like, cackling.
0: I didn't notice that. I noticed that the actor who plays Thor is Chris Hemsworth's brother. Not, yeah. Is it Liam's, Liam Hemsworth? Or it's it's one of the no, other Hemsworth brothers. I think it's Luke.
1: Yeah, Luke Hemsworth. The least successful. No offense, Luke. Rude. It's true. True fact. No, I didn't notice that. That was Matt Damon. How did you not notice? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's very, like, pointedly Matt Damon. I think
0: I was trying to figure out what the like heck was like, going on. On his face. Whatever. guess I
1: gotta go see it again. You're gonna have to go see it again. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder, he like also cameoed in like Interstellar. So is he just gonna start doing that? Just like popping up unexpectedly. Don't get
0: me started on his cameo also, in Interstellar. Oh my God, I hate,
1: I was Ugh. so, I also didn't like Interstellar. So like at that point <laughs> I was so done. And then like when he popped in, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, I don't know why, but just sing that, Damon. <laughs> I got really mad. Maybe I'm just emulating Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know. Maybe. But <laughs> hey, I think it's time to wrap it up. Is it time? I wow, think it's time. So that was
0: very abrupt. Like,
1: what's your final thought? What's your final thought? I think this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. It does what I like. It's just like a simple, fun, funny superhero movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. And if you feel the same, which I'm sure a lot of you do, um, this is a very nice break from the seriousness of, like, the second Avengers movie or second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's a nice breather. Definitely, if you can see it in theaters, though, not a big deal because movies are expensive and all Marvel movies are kind of the same. So it's up to you. What are your final thoughts?
0: My final thoughts are pretty much the same. I have to say, this is a really fun movie. I think you should try to see it in the theater if you can. This is definitely worth seeing with an audience for some laughs. True. I hope that future Marvel movies take a cue from this one and push the envelope in ways and grab onto an aesthetic and use it like Mm. this movie does.
1: Very nice. That's my final thought. That's a good final thought. You want to
0: do the recommendations first? Or sure. Should I?
1: I guess I could, since my notes are out and you're, like, opening your thing. Yeah, yes, 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 please. So my first recommendation is Flash Gordon, which is a 1980 comic book adaptation, I'm pretty sure, um, that has a similarly very corny style. It's just like a, I guess it's kind of a space opera in a way. It's almost like, it feels like a Star Wars satire in a way. Star Wars yeah. is really, really inspired by Flash Gordon. I mean, like, wasn't it like... Like
0: the, the TV show. For sure. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Really, I'm just talking yeah.
1: about the movie. But yeah, yeah. the movie definitely takes a lot of the same ingredients. Because, I mean, if it is inspired, that just makes sense. But it's like that, but like with a little bit of kind of a self-referential humor. Like, it kind of knows that it's cheesy. So that makes it a lot of fun. I think it's... Also kind of underrated. I think people like to just think of it as a cheesy action movie, but I definitely think it's smarter than that. So definitely check that out. And then also I was just thinking of the James Bond movie Moonraker where James Bond goes to outer space, which is probably not as smart, but just is a similarly very corny excursion. So watch that. Oh, for man. sure, I could never recommend Moonraker. I mean, it's not amazing, and I don't Ooh. love the Morbans, but let's just do it, <laughs> right? Like, what are your recommendations?
0: Uh, my recommendations have all been mentioned on the episode already.
1: Oh, sad.
0: I uh, know. I I think if you're going for kind of cornier, cheesier, fun comic book movie, you should see Spider-Man: Homecoming, and of course, you should watch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's one and two. Oh God. Really, Toby Maguire. So annoying. I don't think he's a good Spider-Man. I agree, oh but I, the second Spider-Man movie with Doc Ock is really good. I guess. I don't I know. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm so indifferent I, to I, Spider-Man. I, okay, that's a, what, what was that?
1: I'm I'm gonna repeat it really dramatically. I'm very indifferent to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite like superhero. I don't Blake. care about him. I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm
0: kind of offended. That's I've okay. Never, I've never cared. I like Spider-Man: Homecoming because it is more true to the comic book version of Super of Spider-Man. He's got the. True more techie kind of suit and web blasters. Anyway, (laughs) it's great stuff. Spider-Man Homecoming, very fun movie. Secondly, I'm recommending School of Rock because I think it has kind of a similar, fun, rock-centered atmosphere. And again, it's another movie that uses the immigrant songs. If you're looking for some more Led Zeppelin in your life, (laughs) School of Rock. And then lastly, if you want more YTT, I can only recommend the one that I've seen. I haven't seen The Wilder People yet, but I have seen what we do in the shadows. And that movie is very funny. Love
1: it. Um, It's so good.
0: It's very self-aware and it's, it's total parody on a lot of different stuff. So check that out.
1: It's just like a mockumentary, but the subjects are vampires and werewolves and other creatures of the night, which is interesting idea. Pulled off pretty perfectly. Did you know he's
0: making another movie? Oh, is he? In that like, not, I don't want to say that same universe, but it's like a sequel to what we do in the shadows. I'm
1: excited. You know what it's called? what we don't do in the shadows. Very
0: good guess. It's called We'rewolves.
1: Oh, I like it's it. It's about simple the effective. Yeah. But gets the point across. Very excited yeah. for that. If you
0: want to hear more of us talking about movies, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Android. You can find us on our website at uwpodcast.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at the You can also follow us at our personal accounts. I'm at Aiden Walkerow. And I'm
1: at Blake W. Peterson.
0: If you want to write to us about a suggestion or just want to share your thoughts with us, you can reach us at cinemaadventurepodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please share it with a friend. We're trying to get the word out a little bit. We don't really advertise. So if you can, or rather, we don't Um, advertise at all. How dare you? We
1: kind of advertise.
0: We advertise on social media, but. Yeah. What um, are we supposed to do? Call people? (laughs) (laughs) Cold calls. Um, But yes, please, please, if if you have a friend who likes movies, or if you have a friend who wants to get into movies, recommend our podcast to them. If you want to follow along with us, next Monday, we're going to watch Tario Argento's Cult classic Italian horror movie Suspiria. So please watch that, please, and then you can listen to us talk about it for 30 minutes to 45 minutes.
1: Ooh, yeah. better listen so you find out that running time. Oh yeah, it's very important.
0: Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. And yeah, bye. Nice meeting you.
1: drunk food is like in other places? My name is Dee Dee Madigan, host of the weekly podcast Home Plates, where I ask that question and many more. Each week, an international student joins me here in the studio to discuss their food culture. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday right here on the Soundbite Network.